Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Jason, and I am joined by my good buddy, Elkin Beltry. Now, Elkin, it has been a while. <laughs> we we were we were unable to uh, make it happen to have a uh, a pre playoff podcast. Uh, there's too many been too many things. I got too many school activities. It's it's the end of the year. Was, you understand this, Elkin? I was gonna say like yeah, at the end of the year, every every school admin likes to just stuff everything at the last two months of school like oh we need to do all these things let's put it all the weekends so you have no life outside of school in april or may we've we've got things happening yeah basically every single weekend and it there are more to come so we'll see we'll see how the next little bit yeah little bit goes but the home stretch and, is coming. and give a shout out to our non-educator ethan here who uh did not bring his recording equipment with him so we're missing the third member of this three-team pod. Yes. So, uh, so uh, Ethan, we can say anything, and, and you're he's not, he's unable to defend himself here. So uh, he'll just have to so, live with it. So pretty much, we're gonna say I think we can all agree that he are gonna get swept, swept by the Sixers. We'll yep. see. We'll, see. We'll, we'll talk about it. Easy, easy, easy. Twenty-point margin by the Sixers. Twenty-point. Okay. Margin. All right. Now, now that Ethan has stopped listening, let's go ahead and uh, talk about uh, just just do, do some debrief on. Um, the first round, uh, it didn't quite go exactly as I thought things would, but I mean, uh, there was there was a lot that happened, uh, and and let's get started with the the first matchup we're talking about here. Um, just to debrief, we'll try to keep these short, but you know, sometimes it goes long. Celtics Nets, Celtics get the sweep, one of the closest sweeps in um, an NBA history. In fact, the uh, it's one of the, um, I, th- I think there's only like one or two other series that have ever been closer as far as point differential uh, by by the end. And if you look at it, according to effective field goal percentage, uh, it's one of the only ones where the team that got swept shot better from the field. Uh, um, higher effective field goal percentage uh, from Brooklyn compared to Boston. But yet, Boston was able to 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 be victorious and um i mean we ha- has to, we had to point to, to the Celtics defense and, and defensive game plan um basically just saying Kevin Durant you're not getting into the paint yeah i mean pretty much with the with the whole like i'm looking at Kevin Durant's stats like it's interesting cuz he started off like very rough i felt like he had some bad shooting games here's the crazy thing though Richard they had a good defensive plan against Kevin Durant don't get into paint but I went and looked at his series stats. What's crazy is it's low field goal percentage for him, only about 38%. But he still had his, he still averaged 26 points, about six rebounds and six assists. Like he did pretty good. And like I thought Kyrie was going to take over that series. But I mean, I think they were smart to do that because it's almost like they knew Kyrie was probably going to have a game or two where he might go off. But outside of those two, there wasn't really anyone else they were scared of and then of course they did i don't know what to call it hack a claxton who like what was it like nine percent for the series like free throw percentage like one of the i think it was one of the low oh i got 18 percent one of the lowest free throw percentage ever but like you said give props to the celtics i mean you had jason tatum he he had a great series uh, Jalen Brown had a great series. Marcus Smart, he gets on my nerves, but he had a great series. And Jalen Brown didn't even shoot that good from three-point lane, too. Like, he shot horrible from three-pointer base. He had a good series. I... What's interesting, I thought about um, what Bruce Brown said before the series started. He was like, oh, 
you got Time Lord is out. Looks like no Robert Williams. And we're just going to attack the paint. And you kind of just saw it. It didn't really matter. The Celtics, I think, planned it perfectly. And I think Horford was smart enough. He knew where he needed to go. And I think they used good they got decent minutes out of out of Tice, which sometimes I'm like I'm iffy on Tice, but they played it smart with those two guys until and even Grant Williams came back. I mean, he's coming back from injury, so he didn't play a lot. But I think the Celtics were smart the way that they played it. I yeah, you look. I mean, I think here's there's the difference between the regular season and the playoffs. Like in the regular season, yeah, you you're missing, um, you know, someone like Robert Williams, who's you know able to really protect the rim in, in, in ways that you just don't normally think of, uh, you know, you just don't really think, think of maybe Al Horford or, or Tice being able to do as well. But now we've got a seven game series where we are game planning, um, specifically designed to, to try to stop what you do well. And for, for this, it's Kevin Durant. You're going to see two every single time. We're going to have nail help. We're going to have uh, any time you get the ball. If, if we are in position, um, we're going to go ahead and, and send you to the ball and make you make the right pass. And Kevin Durant did um, a lot of the time, like as far as decision-making, as far as passing goes, I think he did pretty well. Like you found open shots, but the thing is they would just end up in Bruce Brown threes. And even if you, if he, even though he may have, uh, you know, played relatively well, like you look at Bruce Brown's, uh, you know, overall stat line, you're like, wow, you know, you, you, you shot 43% from three. Right, because guess what? Those are wide open threes, and and so you hit them at a high clip. Great, uh, you are you know Bruce Brown shooting fifty six percent from the field. Right, getting I mean he averaged fourteen points in in this series, but the problem is you're gonna give you're you're going to let that happen uh, if it means you get the ball out of Kevin Durant's hands, and if you are so aggressive in Al Horford played just did a, a, a wonderful job of whenever Kevin Durant was off ball making sure that he felt him. Um, and and so nothing was easy for Kevin Durant. And because Kevin Durant is one of the best mid-range shooters, you know, and he can just rise up and shoot over people most of the time, although Tatum got him a couple times, he's more likely to to settle for those mid-range shots, which are lower percentage than Kevin Durant getting to the rim. Um, it's still good, but if you're cold a little bit, which Kevin Durant might have been, uh, might not have been able to make quite as as much. He had to, you know, probably do a whole lot on the defensive end as well as things being tough for him offensively. I just think that it was the right game plan, and uh, even though some other people, uh, you know, did well like Bruce Brown and um, you know Kyrie Irving played relatively well, at least in a couple of games. Like it's it's just not going to be enough. This is really where you you miss. Um, Someone like Joe Harris, who, hey, you know, you makes it so you can't double team uh, Kevin Durant or triple team. It ma- makes it much more difficult uh, for you to get away with that. And and I think I was going to ask you that: uh, how much different would this series have been with a Joe Harris, or even we don't ever know if he's going to play again, on Ben Simmons? How much different? Like, would would we still see? Would we still think Celtics are still coming out victorious because they are the better team overall? I don't know. But I mean, it's it's a it's a hypothetical that's hard. It, to it is. But you're right, though. With Joe Harris, one, one thing I think would have been helpful is if you have actual Ben, like Ben Simmons, as we've seen him before when he's been at his peak. Because people like like to clown him right now, but yeah, that man can get to the rim, and 
and and so if you're if you're able to do to do that, you know, then you're able to get that rim pressure. You're getting defensive colla- defenses collapsing. There are times where you're probably making it easier on Kevin Durant, where he doesn't have to be the one to to get the defense in in rotation, um, and he can be on the on the finishing end of some of those things. And if you have Joe Harris, that's extra extra spacing where you can also be tall. The other problem is they just had three point guards out there, and they're just so small out, out on the floor. Um, they either have seven footers or six footers, and that's that's it. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it was a nice thought to have, like, shooting, like, a Patty Mills and a Seth Curry out there. But the Celtics were just like, all right, we're going to attack this. Like, I think of several times Marcus Smart was the shortest guy on the floor for them. And if he's the shortest guy and you're bringing out pretty much like guys are at least 6'7", 6'8", you're going to be in trouble. The Celtics were like, we're going to keep attacking this matchup, which is what you have to do. And and while I don't necessarily agree with the Marcus Smart Defensive Player of the Year, like we did talk about this beforehand in our last pod. We said, hey, like he gives you the ability to play the style that you want, right? He, he opens up that that uh, aggressive switching uh, defense um, that, that you want to play. And it's it, it it just it it really swallowed up Kevin Durant and so um, shout out Ime Udoka shout out um, to all of those Celtics defenders and yeah hey the Celtics are a complete team and we're gonna ha- we're gonna see them in another great matchup upcoming let's go ahead and move on uh, yeah uh, let's move on to the series that we're probably not gonna spend yeah much yeah time I, that that was I one that like. I think we we like needed yeah. to one or two uh, Heat defeat the Hawks four to one I think anyone going into the series. Thought that the Heat were going to, um, we're, we're going to make it happen. Uh, I mean, the Hawks coming off of it's just very difficult coming off of that that double play in game. Uh, you know, trying to prepare. You're basically going into game one just unprepared f- for that one. And hey, they stole one game. Prop, props, props to them. But uh, the Hawks have issues. They're going to have to figure some things out over over the long run. The only kind of thing the Heat need to figure out is they ended the series in a little bit of some health uh, like I don't know like Lowry not 100% Jimmy Butler yeah, that's, sat out mm-hmm. the last game and Victor Lodipo went off great uh, but uh, yeah yeah back. yeah sh- sh- shout out to Victor Lodipo glad he glad he could get a little bit of run here um, yeah but I mean because they're probably gonna need a guy like that off the bench they might eventually he, 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 he wasn't going to be in the playoff rotation. Like it was basically said, Hey, yeah, he's not going to, he's not going to be in it. Um, cause they're keeping it tight. And I, I think unless you don't see injury, I don't know if you, I still don't know if you see him again. Like it was kind of, it was kind of the situation. We have guys out, let's roll the dice mm-hmm. with him. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we, at least we tried. I think it's one of those things where sports was just like, let's see what we got, which makes sense. I mean, you might as well. Cause I think he felt comfortable that they were going to win. The- yeah. And, and and maybe you get a, a small Oladipo stint in the second, um, uh, you know, in, in the second round series. Maybe it's small and it's hey, let's see how he does. If if he does well, okay, maybe you open up the like you're gonna have to earn it though. Um, and and I I, mean, I still could see him getting getting in nothing, but I think it's one of those. Um, yeah. So he he defeat the Hawks. Um, I don't really yeah, want to belabor that easily. one very very much. Hey. Quick thing, just a random, random tangent because you brought in playing game. Do you think it's unfair for the teams that are first seed or second seed that they don't yeah. know their matchup yeah. going into the playoffs? I, I do. I, I was, th- yeah, I was just thinking, especially the first seed, don't they have to wait a little bit longer? Yeah, like because in that seven yes. eight game, 
the seven eight game, if the seventh place wins or eighth place team wins, don't they automatically get that two seven yes. matchup? And, and so this is the problem with with the playing game from from that perspective. Like it's really just unfair to the video coordinators, um, like who have to like I follow certain guys. Uh, I mean a lot a lot of like the. Um, uh, athletic NBA uh, n- n- nerder. Uh, she wrote people like have like you know Mo, Mo Keel or Seth Part now have been on that end of things and um, or like Steve Jones Jr. from uh, the Dunker Spot. Like those guys have done that before, where like that was their job to be in the video room and have that stuff ready. And like they've talked about going into like the last week of the season or last game of the season where you could end up in any number of spots and having to have binders just ready for different playoff matchups and just to have a whole binder just be worth absolutely nothing in the end. Just just absolutely nothing. So it's tough. It's tough out there. They, that, that's one thing they got to figure out. Um, the playing game is good for a variety of reasons. But, um, I mean, the number one seeds and number two seeds should, should take care of things. Uh, but there are times when it gets a little bit frisky, as we as we saw um, out west. Um, but let, let, let's get let, let's keep going here um, uh, with, with, with the East. We got Bucks defeating the Bulls. Milton going out made that one a little scary. But then, yeah, the Grayson Allen just three point barrage. After that, <laughs> that's what I felt like it was. What? Because because the Bulls already had trouble in the regular season defending Giannis. Like Giannis pretty much did whatever he wanted against the Bulls. They don't have anyone who can match up with him. I think, I think I saw a lot of times Patrick Williams was on him, but I mean, as good as as much as we appreciate one Patrick Williams, you're going against Giannis. And then I think the theme was in those last games after Milton went out was just we're going to collapse on Giannis and Milwaukee, not just Grayson Allen, but some of the other guys were just knocking down three point shots. And there's not much else you can do at that point if Milwaukee's knocking down the three point shots. I I don't know what Chicago was to do. Um, they just don't have the, don't have the people. So uh, that's it. Um, Sixers, Raptors. Can you give us uh, your? Because I, I pick I picked the Raptors in this one. I I, I thought it was going to be. I did. I thought it was going to be too hard on Harden. Um, and it was. Oh man. And and you know what? You oh, you're so right. And I was leaning towards Raptors. I think what threw off the Raptors was first that Scotty Barnes injury, like right off the bat. Fast part it was it was the ankle injury right with Scotty Barnes, and then you had the Van Fleet uh, hip injury. F- from then on, I think that but I think they were a not ideal match. Like they were the perfect team to match up with the Sixers as far as a lower seed having a chance to beat a higher seed, and and we saw those struggles that Harden had. I mean, because it was obvious that the Raptors have the personnel to throw at Harden to kind of distract them. And I think someone brought up like, man, this looked like Harden has that same burst all the time to get past a longer defender like he used to before. And yeah, it's definitely noticeable, but I mean, the reason we, I think you and I can agree. The reason the Sixers won a, they had him beat like, we all know how dominant he is. And Maxi, for me, I was expecting Maxi to be like good in the series, but not as good as I saw him. Like, I felt like he's, he's taken it to another level. Like even this season, he's been playing pretty good. I felt like I, he was their second best player in the series. Just the way that he handled everything and like I think watching him on the fast break and just watching how even just when he gets the ball on the wing and how quick he makes decisions for me, I'm just like, that's exactly what you need. Like there's not much ball stopping. He's like, I'm going to decide what I'm going to do, which is attack pretty much every time. But it worked out well because he's a great finisher and they can't just sag off of him on the three-point line either. With with that one, yeah, it's like I, I thought the length versus hard would be, it would be a problem. 
Um, and yeah, Maxi, as he gets it, he's just I'm going in a straight line, which I think can be easy to game plan or figure out the game plan for as it progresses. The, um, I mean, it, just, it, it took a while, and I... I wasn't confident that the Sixers would be able to pull that. I don't know. I, I wasn't, I didn't know if the, with, with the doubling of Embiid, if they'd be able to figure it out. They did in the end. Shout, shout out, Doc, shout out Embiid. Way to, way to figure it out. Um, but I think that the Raptors may have given, uh, I mean, the, I think the game plan is there um, for, for how to, how to deal with it. The Raptors are a little bit different where everyone's six foot eight, except for Fred Van Vliet. Um, and when, when, when he went out, it really gave Harden nowhere to attack uh, as far as, like, with his size. And now, anywhere I go, I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting length. Uh, so uh, I, I I wonder what it looks like in Miami, with who is, who's a team who, who likes to have that, um, you know, likes to have that defense um, in, in a way that I think probably this is not the same as Toronto, but I think it... If you begin to see some some similarities with with some of the personnel, mm-hmm. but you're going to have someone yeah. out there that can get attacked. Um, like you have to uh, if if you're if you're Miami, if you're going to have any sort of semblance of offense. And so that's where it begins. That, that's where I say, you know what? I think Harden probably has a little bit of a better series this one than he did in the in for round one. I will I will say that he won't find a way to make it somewhat difficult, but he'll have better. And I think. We'll see when MB comes back. I think the most recent post I saw from Woj was he's aiming for game three to come back to this series. That's, like, very, very recent. Yeah. We'll see, though, man. A concussion and an orbital injury. Like, he already has that – Was it? A, is it a thumb? Torn ligament in the thumb? Yeah. It was? Yeah, it's just it, – it's it's seeming like it's going to be a little too much Um. Uh, for, that, for that. I have Yeah, and that's kind of what I figured, and I – and we'll get to the previews of the next series, but that's something that worried me. All right, let's go out west. First series uh, out west. Mavs defeat the Jazz 4-2. And, I mean, this is Luka's first time out of the first round. Yeah. He's had some opportunities to get out of the first round, but this is the first time. I mean, I think you and I can both agree, like you wrote this on there, but that it is time for the Jazz to – they got to shake it up more. I mean, they tried this formula with this, with this core. They've had some solid pieces, but – it just seems like it doesn't work. It seems like you've just been regressing. That's what it seems like. Now you're you got players who are older. You traded away some key pieces. I mean, Joe Ingles wouldn't have been available for this playoffs anyway because of his injury. But I think it's time. But how are you feeling about it? I mean, it, it's tough. I could see I could see them going um like we're talking about Rudy and Donovan here. And it, it feels like it's time to split them up, but it feels like it's time to split them up because they want to be split up. Just, just some of the things that have been said back and forth amongst their camps, like it's, uh, it, it feels like it's time. Um, although, like if it was me, it's like I, there are things that I would do uh, if if I could. I mean, the problem is they just don't have the the avenue. They, they've they've made some some decisions along the way that have been difficult, like the uh, the Azubuki decision, like that pick. We had like Ethan and I that that year like we did not like him. We like, like you, you, he's like he's a guy you could get at the end of the second round, and they got him in the first, and he's done absolutely nothing. The the issue for them was like I think that they wanted that style of defender, um, which is you see every single year they go out and try to get you know someone who can defend uh, as a poor man you know it, 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 
trying to protect the rim, kind of like Rudy, because they, they've been so successful with Rudy. Yeah, they had uh, they had Hassan Whiteside, for instance. I mean, that's pretty much another another try at it as well. Yeah, and so you, you've it, it it just doesn't make much sense. And to be fair, that off season was the one where they were beginning to try to figure out are we going to give Rudy the extension or not. So I, but like if you're going out and making that decision to waste a first round pick as some way to try to get leverage in a negotiate. Like they even get, they gave Rudy, um, they ended up getting, giving him like what? Like I, I think the max are pr- were pretty, pretty close to it. So it, it just didn't make sense. And, and you could have gone out there. There were, there were other good players to be had. Like Desmond Payne was available. Um, and uh, we, like we were talking about him the whole time. And so. And the thing is like, I think it was like obvious to a lot of people the Jazz needed more perimeter defense. Like that was like one of their glaring weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So you would expect them to add it. And if they would have, I mean, if a lot of teams would have added a guy like Desmond Bain, they probably would have been a lot better oh, off yeah. Yeah. with their lives. Because I'm pretty sure wasn't it the Celtics who drafted? Yeah, it, 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 it was that draft slot. Yeah. Um, but was it already traded before the pick or was it? I mean, it was, it was, it was at the time. It was like, it was a, the Celtics had so many first round picks available. They got Neesmith, they got Pritchard, and it's like, they just weren't going to take. They didn't have enough roster space to bring that many that many guys in. And you know, Pritchard's been useful for them. Neesmith hasn't come around yet. Um, uh, I like Bain better than Neesmith, but there was an argument at the time where you know Neesmith coming off of in Vanderbilt like a shortened shortened season, he had like uh, over fifty percent from three, but he had some injury there, and so like th- there was there were people making the argument that he was the better. Uh, three. He was the best three-point shooter of that class, in my opinion. It was it was Bain, um, and we, we've seen kind of how that's come out so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the point is that there were guys um, uh, that that you could have gone for um, that could have been helpful, could have been useful um, at that point in time. And I, if I were to like, I would like to run it back with with Rudy and Donovan if I could. If I knew that I could try to shift other things around, I just don't know what makes sense. I just like, can you move Conley and get an upgrade at some, um, get an upgrade for someone who is like, I, I want Mitchell to be the smallest guy out there and for everyone else to be bigger and, and see what that does. Cause yeah, if, even if Mitchell is not great um, on the defensive end, if everyone else around him can, can be better, like, I don't know, maybe that helps, but it's it's the constant issue uh, that they've had. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, and that's the thing. Like, and I do hate. Like, sometimes it feels like it's it's pitted all on Gobert. Like, that's what that's what I get the sense that almost like anything that happens is his fault. But for me, I've seen it a lot of times. Why they have a chance in almost any series, or why they're into a game, it's because of him and what he does defensively for them. Like, yeah, you'll have like some of the other guys go off, but. I think I think I'm just tired of that narrative. Like that's what I feel like the narrative has come down to that it's his fault for all their failures. Well, yeah, I mean it's it, it 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of blame to go around and I don't think Rudy is um immune from Blameless. that. Yeah. Uh but I mean you're out here in the playoffs trying to do we like ridiculous defensive coverages. Uh, because you don't know how to defend in any, any other way. In the regular season, you, you, you know how to do it. Again, playoffs are a different beast. And you're trying... The Jazz tried to defend a pick-and-pop by having 
basically by having kind of what they call an X out, where having like Rudy go guard the guy in the corner and having like Bogdanovich step up from the corner guy up onto Rudy's guy who picked a pop just to keep Rudy near the rim. But like, that's a, such a weird and, and long, like it's not a thing that you would practice normally. And they, they didn't. And so you ended up blowing that coverage a number of times and wide open shots for Finney Smith. Right. And um, so th- they have problems. The Mavs, on the other hand, they were able to get into the paint at will against these perimeter defenders and put Rudy into those difficult spots. Uh, and then when Luca was there, it was just, all right, what we talked about, right? Luca was able to hold people and, and, and force them into difficult rotations that they messed up. And I, I, for me, I just wonder, you're now going to be going against a, a Suns team that if Booker's healthy, which that's a, his hamstring is, is, is an issue, um, I, I just, I wonder if the guards can be able to get into the paint at will, like they did this past series. Um, like Brunson looked awesome, but we've seen Brunson look very ineffective, um, in the postseason against the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers are a tough matchup for a number of reasons. Um, and I was going to say like, yeah. yeah, the Clippers were just able to send the right personnel. And I think you're kind of right. Cause the Clippers had defenders who are similar to what the Suns are going to bring, especially Ex- with, except for Paul, like, except play. for Chris Paul, who's, who's smaller. Like other than that, like we've got size and length and, and so I, I just wonder, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one in, in, in a little bit, but um, that's just going to be the thing. Can can they put that pressure um, and uh, on the rim? And how much does DeAndre Ayton look like or not look like what Rudy Gobert dealt with um, uh, this um, this matchup? That, that, that's, that's what I want to see. I want I want to see how, how they deal there. Um, okay. Let's get to Warriors Nuggets. Um, Jokic, in my opinion, Jokic was great, but it's just not enough. And it was the worst matchup that the Nuggets uh, could find themselves in uh, in hindsight. So, Yeah, I mean, and at the end of it all, like the Warriors were like, hey, we got another guy who can produce in the playoffs, Jordan Poole. I did think it was interesting how the Nuggets switched Aaron Gordon on him. And it kind of seemed like he quieted down a little bit in those last couple of games once they did that switch defensively. But at that point... Warriors have too many weapons in that lineup though. Andrew Wiggins, I, I gotta admit, I mean, I doubted he would do much in Golden State, but it felt like Golden State was just the right fit for him. Like as far as he doesn't have to worry about carrying the offensive load, he can defensively, he gets a chance to shine more on that defensive end. And of course, having Draymond back doing his thing, I think with that lineup, I'll be terrified. Like I really like that lineup for them. Their new small ball lineup. I do like that lineup a lot. Yes, but they're going to run into some issues, um, I think. Um, I think the small ball lineup worked exceedingly well against the Nuggets because of the Nuggets personnel. Um, In particular, like, you've got no Jamal Murray, and so what guard are you worried about and what guard are you worried about having to defend? Well, going now... Now now it changes. Because we're going to get to the Grizzlies. And that's what they have. They they've got they've got yeah. And go ahead, and, and, yeah. And go ahead if you want to transition to that Grizzlies. Yes, yeah, so like after you talk about this, then go to Grizzlies. Uh, Wolves. Like go ahead. John Morant was limited against the Wolves because the Wolves have a really aggressive defensive scheme, right? And they're, they're putting two to the ball, and they're they're trying to get it out of his hands. But it, it opens up 
opens up shots for Desmond Bain, and Desmond Bain was awesome in this series. Uh, shout out to my guy, Desmond Bain. Uh, it also opened things up for Brandon Clark once they figured out, hey, we really need someone who can aggressively sh uh, short roll and, and attack the rim in these situations. And so it, it opened, it really opened things up for, for both of those guys. And we saw both of them have really successful, um, uh, really, really successful series because of it. Uh, the, but you, you saw it's like, you know, Ja didn't play very well. Um, and he, he had, he had some, you know, some, some highlight notable, notably, Notable things, dunking over, dunking over Malik Beasley, and it just, you know, really exciting stuff. But he didn't play very well uh, because of their game plan uh, against him. But if you start to roll out the, the 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 lineup that works so well against the Nuggets, I don't know how they defend John Morant. Um, we'll, I don't want to get too much into that matchup just yet, but like it's going to be a thing that you're going to have to find the balance and who's going to blink first. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. I do want to say, um, shout out Anthony Edwards. Uh, uh, he, he, he played, uh, very well. And I think that, um, uh, again, I, I've, I've apologized on the podcast to him. Um, uh, Tom Green, you're the worst. Uh, I will say that, uh, for making me, um, doubt Anthony Edwards. Uh, I put a hundred percent of the blame on him. Um, uh, it's a hundred percent, hundred percent of it. Um, but uh, shout out Anthony Edwards. That was a uh, a great series and uh, uh, fire up the D'Angelo Russell trades um, because he was not in crunch time in that last game. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. By the way, though, even. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We're oh, see. Good. All right. And let's finish. Let's finish off this first round. We got the Suns defeated the Pelicans. Uh, what was it? With limited Devin Booker. Yeah help and the pelicans man they were feisty i mean the pelicans they're a team honestly definitely feisty thank you for giving a shout out to willie green he's one of my uh bench 2k legends mm -hmm. back in the mm -hmm. days but herb jones i didn't know much about herb jones coming into his rookie season good thing i looked i looked at him looked looked him up more and was able to watch those games like just watching him just fly across the court and blocking shots and defensively being able to move around like that he is going to be a great asset for them. Like he's a guy like you, especially covering up a lot of defensive. I mean, he's not going to be able to cover up a lot, but I like what he was bringing to them defensively. What were you going to say though? Uh, I, I heard mean, the gas, like, like you were we, like we watched. Um, Ethan and I watched a lot of Herb Jones uh, over the past couple of years. Again, like in, in in the pandemic time when it was like, all right, what are we going to do? Let's get really into. And you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute, weren't you getting? more looks at that um you know weren't, weren't you looking more at like the year the year before's draft and so yes but like we were looking at uh kyra lewis back in the day and and when we were, we were like oh who was this herb jones kid right uh we were we were watching um one, 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 of, my, one of my favorite college kids who's still there Jaden shackleford like we're watching this alabama team um and some of the things that they that they do but Herb Jones was just, again, a defensive menace. He played an entire season with a cast. Um, but like he, he, broke his, he broke his arm one, one year, and he was just playing with the cast. And it's like, this, this is a guy who is going to get after it. He's um, phenomenal defensively. And uh, the question has, was always, and it still kind of is, it's like, what's his offensive role? What can he do offensively to make you have to uh, you know, pay attention to him? But 
defensively, he's going to make many all NBA teams. Uh, all, sorry, all all, def- all yeah. defensive teams is what I mean. I was gonna say, yeah, I'll, him and then like they have the right guys to pester the Suns yeah. with Herb Jones and Alvarado as well. Which, by the way, Jose Alvarado went to Andrews with a guy with that exact same name mm-hmm. as well, just a random, not not the same guy as the Pelicans, yeah. but him. I mean, I think it's one of the top few times you get to see Chris Paul get a taste of his own medicine, like almost the entire series. Like he pretty much, he it's like he studied the Chris Paul school of how to be annoying, yeah. and he was like, I'm gonna mimic you, like Kobe mimicked Jordan. But I enjoyed it because he's not a guy who's just going to be like no offensive skill. Mm-hmm. He does have offensive skill as well, which is that's what you want. And like also, too, I know we didn't put him on there, but CJ McCollum, solid midseason pickup for them. I felt like that was one of those like he's not going to blow you away. Like, but he's a guy like that solid. Like, hey, if you need another score, you got him right yeah, there. Yeah, I here's my concern. People look at this Pelicans team and they're like, man, doing all this with, with Zion on, on the bench, right? Zion's not playing. What's going to happen when Zion comes? And I'm concerned about a little bit about what happens when Zion comes because this was a really fun team. And you look at you know, when once Zion comes, you have a whole different um, a whole different like it's just different basketball. Uh, and I don't know how much uh, Brandon Ingram loved watching that um, last year. Point Zion, that that Point Zion experience. Uh, I remember listen, I was listening to a podcast where like they had uh, Pelicans like um, beat reporter, and it basically it was a no comment about how did Brandon Ingram feel with about, about just just watching Zion go, and and now you have C.J. McCollum in there, and I just wonder what that's gonna look like, and. How are you going to fit, like defensively? How are you going to fit Herb Jones with Brandon Ingram with Zion? Are you going to have a center out there too, um, and McCollum? Like the, you just begin to have that's going to be confusing. You, can, you begin to have too many like total guys, like like oh yeah, I like CJ McCollum can get as a bucket. I like like Brandon Ingram. We need Herb Jones, Alvarado. You'd like to give l- l- little spurts of him. We haven't really identified a point guard yet. Are you going to have point Zion? okay but then who's defending our point guards and uh, you begin to have too many holes out there and you know are we going to have Valentinus in there too and the 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 roster makeup begins to be a little like Willie Green shout out to him for for turning the you know for turning this season around from where it was to begin with but he has he has his work cut out for him and uh, like if if I'm if I am David Griffin I, it's it's been the you know we really want to have Zion come back. It's great. I start to look at seeing hey, is there anything that we could do where we could trade Zion and like make something make sense? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. No, they, you have a lot. You have a lot of first round picks. Too. Richard over here, man, scolding hot take. I just trading Zion. Oh man, Richard coming in with the fire. No, but I get what you mean. Like I was going to bring up like they're probably going to do a roster shakeup. Like, they might try to say, like, hey, first half of the season, let's run it out with these guys. But that's a team that I can see by the trade deadline is, like, we got to make moves. Because you're right. And even then, like, Zion, like, you have Zion, you have CJ McCollum, and Ingram. They're all ball-dominant guys. Like, they, they need the ball, which you and I, like you said, you got to have more roles, more defined roles, and you can't have them all. Like, if you, I feel like you got to pick two out, of, two out of the three. 
pretty much. I think that's where it has to be. And if you pick if you pick Zion and Brandon Ingram, and don't pick McCollum, we're, we're back to where we were at the beginning. And so, uh, like with 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 like the Herb Jones, right? Great, we got we we got, we got our defender there, but. It just it, it begins to be too tough of a of of a um, thing to me. Yeah, I mean, and on top of that, they don't know what they're gonna get from Zion when he comes back. I think that's another. I mean, I'm sure they've obviously people bring up the memes, him gaining weight, but I'm just like, it's a concern for them, and because the more weight he gains, in my mind, the more likely he is to injure his legs with how explosive he is. You're putting a lot of pressure on his legs, his knees, which for me is like he could get re-injured again which could be another issue because I think part that makes him good is because he's what, like six, six, but he's very explosive, which helps him get high percentage shots most of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough part where it's like he had a foot injury. And so guess what? You're going to gain weight. If you have something like, it's just going to happen. Um, and it, it's just tough, but we'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a trade. Um, Chris Paul was awesome and amazing and had, oh, had the man. perfect, That's the perfect thing, game. Like- uh, to, to close them out and literally, literally, yes. literally, perfect shooting indeed. Game. And and so I uh, shout shout out to him. We're gonna see how he holds up with his hamstring um, and uh, sorry with, with with Booker's hamstring and um, how Chris Paul was able to carry. It. I, I just I want to see I want to see them have a healthy rest of the way. But that might just be because I think that they're gonna win the whole thing if they do. So. Uh, let's get to, let's, we'll get, let's get to the preview. In- injuries are they part are, of it. They are. All and right. we have injuries impacting right basically every single matchup except for um, Warriors-Grizzlies. And the first injury we have in is in our Celtics-Bucks matchup um, is the Middleton injury. And in question, who, who fills in the gaps? That's my question here because they uh, they had – the Bucks had one piece – uh, Dante DiVincenzo that they could and kind of were forced into making a decision on and, and trading. Uh, they got the Grayson Allen kind of, uh, you know, insurance there and they chose to trade him for Serge Ibaka, which I don't know. Like, like they, they, they did it. And I, I know at the time you were concerned and worried about, um, you know, Lopez, Lopez, but, but I think, I think even at the time we were like we understand, but at the same, I think we even said that we get what they're thinking of why they sign Ibaka, but it, perhaps it doesn't make the most sense to bring in a guy in that position. I think even I want to look back at that podcast. I think you guys brought up like there could have been some other players. I mean, to fill in that. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know who role. exactly you, they could have gone after. Like you, you're, you're strapped for picks, and it's you know, but it's getting getting Serge Ibaka, um, like. He played 19 minutes uh, in in that in that Bulls series. 19 minutes. Was it was it 19 minutes total total total, total minutes? And so yeah, yeah, we're talking about not average, just, just total. total. And like you weren't going to win if Brook Lopez was like it was going to be very difficult to win if Brook Lopez wasn't there. And and we didn't think that if Lopez was out, Ibaka would be able to swing those scales. So right now you've got to deal with. All right, we've got Giannis, Drew, and and Brooke. All right, Grayson's going to be involved. Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton's involved, and Wesley Matthews. Really, that's that. Those are your seven guys, and you're trying to piece together maybe an eighth guy in there. It's going to be tough to do that. It's going to be Javon Carter. Um, I don't know who else. Like you start looking, it gets thin, and so 
you basically have seven guys, those those guys there, and can can they make the can they make the Celtics pay? Because the reason why the Celtics were so aggressive with Kevin Durant is because they were allowed to be. You weren't gonna be able to hurt them in a bunch of other ways. And like part of me worries with uh, like I, I had the Bucks going to the finals. Um, and with Middleton's injury, it, it 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 allows the the Celtics to be more intentional about trying to slow Giannis down from getting to the paint. They were very successful with Kevin Durant, but I think Kevin Durant allowed that to happen because he's such a good mid-range shooter that he was okay settling for that. And it, because usually that's not a settling thing for Kevin Durant. He's like, I can just shoot this, and and, and who's going to stop me? Yeah. But Giannis is is more intentional about getting into the rim. Uh, and getting into the paint, and so I I wonder. Uh, the pro- the problem is not having Milton out there allows them to be more aggressive in in cutting that off, and so we'll 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 see how they handle it. And and like yeah, we can bring up like oh look at Grayson Allen and yada yada yada, but like oftentimes where I see it, sometimes these guys can't keep it up series to series, stepping up like that and making the other teams pay. Like a lot of times these role players are like a one like they got one series in them. And that happens a lot of time, and it has me worried that that because Middleton is out, it changes the dynamics of everything. Because if I'm, but I'll, I'll tell you this: with Giannis, the way he's been playing last year in the playoffs and this year, I still have confidence in this Bucks team because of Giannis. Like I'll say this: like it's a different Giannis than what I've seen in previous years in the playoffs. Go ahead. It, it's different, but yeah, because because Giannis has been so good and he's been attacking the rim the way that like. He, he does such a good job of that. And the other thing that's very different about this series from Brooklyn is instead of having Andre Drummond or Nick's clock, Nick Claxton standing in the, in the um, dunker spot, bringing their, like allowing for them to help off in the way that they do, you got Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis spacing out. And so those guys being able to space the floor in the way that they do, uh, I'll, I'll, like it, it it makes it, it does make selling out a little more difficult. And yeah, we are um, like Chris Middleton's not there, but the guys that you have out there on the floor with you can all shoot threes. Like that's that's the helpful thing. They all can shoot threes. Uh, you know whether it's Drew Holiday, you know he can. You know, he shot thirty five percent, right? Brook Lopez, you know if he's open, he's gonna he's gonna make him as well. He shot thirty three percent in the first round and. About Grayson Allen, right? He, he he was hot. Bobby Portis, right? 30, 35, 36. Pat Connaughton, same thing. Wesley Matthews can knock it down too. So you're dealing with all guys who can space the floor. And so if you are going to sell out, can those guys hit enough shots to to make Boston blink? Um, yeah. We'll see. And that's that. That's something we'll see. And then on the other end, like you might have like a straight-up answer more than me. I'm kind of worried about Milwaukee's ability to guard the wings of the Celtics because we know Drew Holiday is going to get the assignment on one of them. We know that's going to happen, but I feel like it's going to free up the other one. And I don't feel like right now, before they could stick Holiday on one of them and Middleton on the other. Like Middleton is not a horrible defender. He's very capable, so they're able to do that. But that's one thing on Milwaukee's end. I'm just like, they have to figure out how to continue. And I feel like Tatum has been on fire like from the end of the season through the first round, like he's just been very unstoppable. So that's one thing I'm thinking of. So I can see them probably putting like holiday on Tatum, but Tatum does have a history of trying to shoot over guys. But then I'm like Jalen Brown, I think 
complements Tatum is that Jalen, in a way that Jalen Brown knows how to move well without the ball. It's it, yeah. and that's something that I'm going to be watching. It's tough. I mean, I feel like the ideal is let's get Giannis on Tatum, um, and it, like that's going to be what they want to do. I think in order to try to neutralize and slow down Tatum, but the problem that they're going to run into is then they're just going to go. Um, they're going to go big. Boston's going to go big. You're going to have Robert Williams alongside of Al Horford, and and so are you? Do you really want to be putting Giannis way up there as opposed to having him, you know, be in, in help? You know, help defense. You could maybe put like a Wesley Matthews, someone who you know is going to be big and strong, like uh, you know, against um, like an Al Horford or someone out. You know, whoever whoever's the spacer in that regard, but. That was a that was a big problem for the um, for, for for Brooklyn. Boston had a thirty percent offensive rebound rate, and and that's the thing that like especially killed um, uh, Brooklyn's matchup. And I, I worry if you don't have Middleton to be out there to defend Tatum and, and keeping Giannis a little bit closer or matched up with with those guys. Like I just think that you're gonna have like you're gonna you're gonna have that offensive rebounding issues uh, pop up, and so. It's going to be a delicate balance, and I hope this one goes seven. Um, and for, for me, I, I'm going to try to stick with the Bucks, um, uh, even though I, I, it, it seems unwise. I've got I've got Bucks in seven. Um, uh, man, I'm going – I believe in Giannis so much, but right now I'm leaning more Celtics in six. Okay, you, you and Ethan. Ethan texted us his uh, – his, um, uh, Picks. He's got Celtics. He's got, he's got Celtics in six. He thinks that Tatum and Giannis are gonna average thirty plus in this series. Um, I p- perhaps it gets. It's just it's the tough. It, it it's gonna be tough and difficult. We'll see. All right. Uh, next matchup we're looking at the East is the Heat versus Sixers. Yeah. Like Richard said, all but except one series pretty much has an injury. We're looking at and we're looking at Embiid's injury with concussion, orbital injury, torn ligament in the thumb. The guy could just not catch a break, which, oh, man, just looking at it, I feel like, man, this could be the year if Embiid has plenty of help to just get far. But looking at it the way it is, we know there have been rumors Embiid might come back in Game 3. So now we know the game plan for the Heat, they're not going to have to worry about the Embiid factor, which I know would have been like the, the focal point of their defense. So now they're just going to be able to focus on Harden. So with that, we kind of covered it briefly. We know they don't have the same personnel as a Toronto to throw a lot of wings with length at Harden, but they're going to find a way to still, I think, force Harden to take those difficult shots and not let him get to the rim. Like I think about it, um, I know they're not the same player because Harden's definitely stronger, but like what they did with Trey Young, like they did a lot of switch on the perimeter with Trey Young when it came to their main defenders. I think it was like, was it Jimmy Butler, Bam was switching out there. I think even P.J. Tucker at one point was able to switch out there. So I'm going to see, it'll be interesting how well James Harden is able to get past some of these guys on the switch because I think with Butler and Bam, if they get switched on a Harden, I'm not as worried. Because, I mean, Butler for me is like the ideal guy to guard Harden. And he'll, for me, I think he's going to be like the guy starting off, unless you feel differently. I think he's going to be that guy who starts off on him. And I think if Bam gets switched on him, the Heat are fine with that because Bam's pretty good at, at covering wing players. But I'm just... I'm worried about the Sixers team in this round, Richard. Like this, like I know I talked about the the Heat getting swept, 
but I was definitely joking, obviously, but we'll see how it goes, because I'm also interested in how the injuries for the Heat, how that also kind of kind of comes into play. Like, I don't know how serious Kyle Lowry's injury is going to be, or Jimmy Butler's injury. I mean, it could have just been, for Jimmy Butler, I think it was more as a precaution why they, why they kept him out. They were like, it's all, I bet you he could have gone if it was like a, we need to win this game. But I think it was more precaution, and it got a $15,000 fine for his gesture, which kind of cracked me up that the Heat used the gesture as well. I was like, what's going on? Well, Kyle Lowry, I'm a little bit more worried about that one because I think defensively, you need a guy out there like like Kyle Lowry in a, in a series like this where Philly's two main guys are going to be Maxie and Harden, and Lowry would be a good guy to have matched up against the those two i mean i th- yeah, no, think no, no doubt i think it, it would be great to have lowry out there just to like lowry i think is better suited to defend a person like harden than he is a person like trey young um just because of trey young's quickness and with harden's have that burst like you're like lowry for as much as we hate it like he's gonna draw charges he's gonna he's gonna make it difficult and um it, it, you know i i think gabe vincent gabe vincent could be a useful uh person in this series especially if Lowry is a little bit you know shaky like as, as a as another like uh hardened defender or or Maxi like we get you got to defend him too um and you're probably putting someone like like your your Tyler heroes your um uh you know Max Juice probably is a little bit a little more a little more than hero or or Robinson on the defensive end but I mean those guys if you need to hide uh hide someone it's all right let's go ahead and stash you on Danny Green let's go ahead and, and have you you know maybe it's if you need to get switched on to Tobias Harris or try to like okay we'll we'll take it like good luck good luck to Tobias Harris win them this series um you know you got Matisse Thibel that you can place people on so like there are places to hide the question is is what are you going to do when those guys get put in the action and how are you going to make how are you how are you going to make sure that Harden doesn't doesn't pick on these guys, and I think you know, if if you're aggressive, uh, and you can get the ball out of James Harden's hands, I, I just don't think like Thibault's not going to make you pay, right? Danny Green, maybe he's on, um, you know, thirty six percent, but he's got his highs and he's got his lows. Like that's just the way Danny Green is, um, and so without Embiid, this it just doesn't seem like it's going to be going anywhere. Um, I I see this being a relatively um, short series, I, I want to say sweep, like I just do, um, but just just in case Embiid's able to come back uh, and play in a game three or four, you know, I'll give, you know, I'll give him one and I'll, I'll go Heat in five. I, I'm i also going to go Heat in five as well. I think they're either going to win one because Harden's going to figure out a way and Max and figure out a way to go off. And just not forget about, I mean, I have some other players to go off. Or Embiid's going to come back in time and have, like, one good game. But I think even if Embiid comes back, I don't think he's going to be as dominant as he's has been. Just because, like you said, those injuries, coming back from a concussion. Like, like I had a concussion. Um, for those of you guys who on the pod don't know, I dislocated my shoulder. And when I dislocated the shoulder, I was falling down. And when the shoulder dislocated, I smacked my head against the sidewalk. Instantly, loud ringing noise in my ear disoriented blurry vision and it's probably like that happened about almost two weeks ago and i would say like even like a week after it happened or like two weeks like intense like activity 
I still have to like be careful how intense I get because I still get a little like my head hurts or I get lightheaded. So I still have to be very careful. So you, we see it all the time. Players rush back too soon. And, and if you're the Sixers, you could be thinking of like he has these injuries piled up and B may want to play. But can we just say, hey, we don't want to risk greater injury and just let's save it for next season. That's something I think you have to put down the table for. The well, Sixers. I think that they've already said with the, with the, with the thumb ligament injury that that one can't get any worse than it already is. And you say that, and it's like, oh, well, I don't know about that. But, like, it's going to require surgery either way, I think, is, is the point. And the orbital bone and concussion, like, you know, concussion, they got to make sure that he's clear. Like, he clears protocols. But um, he's put on a mask before. He's he's, he's he's done it. So I think that you're – I think you'll see him. Um, uh, but we'll see. I mean, Lowry's already ruled out for, for game one. Um and we'll we'll see. I think Gabe Vincent is probably the um, the potential answer there. Uh, but uh, it, should, it should be mentioned we all have the entire hero pop, hero ball pod has heat in five. Okay, let's go out west. Um, Suns Mavericks. Devin Booker's hamstring as well. It's like that. That's got to be of uh, you know a, a big focus. Um, and if if he's healthy, I. Just don't see how this is a problem series for the Suns. They're just so well equipped um, to to deal with uh, this team. Um, I, I just uh, I y- you've got Mikal Bridges on Luca, and while Luca is so incredibly good, Mikal's arms are going to make it a difficult make life difficult for him the whole time, and you. You've got Jay Crowder, who you know you you can you can deal with things um, if if you get switched. You've got um, basically as long as they're healthy, I just don't see an, an issue. The only thing is like, are they going to attack Chris Paul? Uh, he's the small guy on on this team, but you know I, I think Chris Paul can hold up. Uh, I think he can hold up on the defensive end, and I just I it's not going to be the same as uh, last series. It's just not. Yeah, I kind of just looking at it. I think you brought it up when we did the Jazz uh, map summary. Can the guards get into the paint like they did Jazz series? And I don't think that's going to be the case because of those personnel that they have. And even with Luka, I mean, like you said, we have Jay Crowder and Mikel Bridges. Definitely you can even throw a Cam Johnson in there to give Luka some fits. Like, they have the guys that they can throw at Luka, and it's going to make him difficult. And I think, yes, the... The Mavericks won when Luka was injured against the Jazz. Let's just say Luka's injured again. You, I think what the Suns would just do is like, all right, Mikel Bridges, Jalen Brunson went off when it was no Luka. You just stay on Jalen Brunson. And we've seen Jalen Brunson struggle in the playoffs when he has like longer athletic guys on him. I mean, I felt like with, with the Jazz, I mean, who you're throwing out? You're throwing like a Mike Conley out there, Donovan Mitchell. And I mean, and once they got the switch, we would just go there. Jalen Brunson can get to the spot where he needed to get. I mean, the clip that keeps standing out is when Jalen Brunson got to, like, um, foul line area and they like that cross, cross, and then just pulled up jumper right in front of Gobert. And it's like, oh, he can get whatever he wants. But this isn't going to be the case. Like, it's a nice story that the Mavericks made it. I I think, personally for me, I think they're going to be able to get two games out of this. I'm feeling optimistic for the Mavericks. I think they're going to get two games out of the series just based on I think Luca's going to be able to pull it together a full offensive 
like game that he's able to do before. That's why I think they're gonna at least be able to get two games. I think I think that's fair. Um, I just my issue with the Mavs, I look at the defensive end. They've had a good defensive series, but it's like, okay, who's Jalen Brunson covering? Like, is it is is it is it Crowder who is um you're trying to stash him on? Well, Crowder. He's going to be able to rise up and shoot over him, right? And I think that it's going to be uh, – remember what we did with Trey Young and, and um, uh, P.J. Tucker? You know, where we're just, hey, the offensive board, just just, just, just crush him. I think that that's – you're in range there. You got um, Dorian Finney-Smith. You got uh, Maxi Kleber. Uh, Bullock. I, I, I just I, – you begin to run into those issues where I just think it's going to be a problem. Uh, uh, defensively, you're going to have holes that the, the – the Suns are just going to surgically um, cause issues for you, and so we'll see. I could be I could be wrong here, but I I got I got Suns in five. Yeah, definitely fair, definitely fair. All right, let's go to the last matchup in the West: Grizzlies versus Warriors. Richard bringing back the trip down memory lane with this is a rematch from the playing game, which the Grizzlies did win. But of course, a completely different Warriors team. Completely different Jazz team, if we're being honest. Like we had Jonas Valanciunas, and we had um, like Kyle Anderson getting 39 minutes. Desmond Bain uh, got 30, but like he, you know, Grayson Allen was getting lots of minutes, and and uh, you basically had a, a nothing from Brandon Clark. And we'll see if you get as much from Brandon Clark this 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 um, series. I don't think it's going to be quite the same, just because it's not the same defensive um, thing. But again, you couldn't stop Ja Morant at all. You've got Dylan Brooks to throw on to to uh, Steph, like that's that that's that's what you're doing. For me, it comes down to can the Grizzlies stay out of foul? Can they defend without without fouling? And uh, what is the way that you know can John Morant get all the way in to to, to the rim at, at will? The they do not have a center, and you're going to have to guard Jaron Jackson Jaron Jackson out on the perimeter, and I don't know. I don't know what the defense like, like. Who does? I'm gonna say like, are they gonna use like, are they gonna use Looney? I mean, out they, there more because you of will, J- but but like, where is Draymond? Who who is he out there defending? And like, I don't see the obvious like person for him to. I don't see the obvious way for him to neutralize people. He's gonna do. He's gonna do a great defensive job, however he does it. But like, I just don't know how effective it's going to be. Like. Are you gonna have him like, on Jaron Jackson Jr.? Like, okay, like Jaron Jackson like Jr. You wouldn't, want, you wouldn't want to put him on. You wouldn't want to put him on Brandon Clark. I mean, who you know is gonna to try to. But you might not. You might not like see tons quick, of like, I mean, slip. I, I, you, maybe. I don't know. I, I just it ends up. Maybe you put him on Brandon Clark. Maybe you put him on. I, I don't know. I just I don't see them. But then the Grizzlies. I think you're right. The Grizzlies could just say, "All right, we'll change our matchups. We're gonna make it difficult for Draymond to pick a person that he's gonna be on." And be as effective in his role because I think with Jokic, I think that was obviously it's not it's not, it's not an ideal matchup for anyone, but for Draymond Green, you kind of knew like this is my guy. Well, I'm gonna guard. I know my place. Obviously, this is where I'm gonna be at the entire series, and that was and it. yeah. Jokic is a phenomenal person, but you know it's like I know if Draymond's there, he's going to try to mess up as much as he can, and you know the ball's going to be there. You know he's you know Draymond is going to be involved. In what's taking place and what's happening, this is the issue where I just I'm I'm unsure. Like the Grizz could scheme it up where Draymond just isn't involved in the main defensive actions that are taking place on the floor, 
and so I mean, when Brandon Clark is out there, that that okay, that that, that that's a good matchup. But he's not out there the whole time, um, and I, I just I worry about the rim, the rim defense uh, that you're going to have for Golden State. And I know people like are thinking Golden State just has this. Um, I do think that they'll defend. Uh, doesn't Bain better, but I just I do worry if if Morant is healthy, um, which there were questions about that last round. But if he is, I just I think it's going to be. Difficult. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a close series. I think personally, it's going to be a pretty close series. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just looking at it like the way that they the two teams match up, and for me, it's just ideal. Like this is going to be. I think I think it's going to be an exciting series, and we're going to find out. I think game one is today, right? Um, game one for this, I believe, is today. Yes. Uh, he, here's a person I think is going to be super important. Gary Payton II is going to be very important this series. Oh, good and point. And so I don't know if you see as much of that. Um, at least closing time. I don't think. I don't think you see that. Um, Splash Brothers pool party lineup that you normally do. I don't know how you defend that if you're the Jazz. Like, Morant's going to have to defend somebody there, so we'll figure that out. Um, but... Wait, did you say Jazz? I think you might have said sorry, Jazz. Sorry, sorry. Um, again, uh, defend, defend the Warriors. But yeah. I, I think I know. And I I mean, kind of just look at it, and that's what I was thinking of. Like, what are you going to do with that once they you have Curry, Poole, and clay out there because that's going to be in crunch time. I, think I don't, we all I know, don't know. I, I don't know if it is like because. Oh, so you think you think they're going to bring in? Uh, GT2 I think he has to be. I think and put him in there. I mean, Peyton closed like that last series down. Like Gary Peyton was in the closing lineup in, in that last one, hitting big threes because they left true. him open because um, they were rotating away from him. Like he can he can knock down open from the corner, and you need him. I think you need him on Morant. I think defensively, like he can keep up, like yes. he's quick enough to keep up with Moran on the perimeter. So th- that's that's gonna be the chess match, I think, um, and I think he's gonna be a big a, a big part of it. I think you might. I think this is where you see Poole begin to take a step back to like the. All right, let me just go ahead and try to run this bench lineup um, a little bit more. Like you'll see them. You'll you'll see that lineup happen. Uh, the the extra small, what whatever it is, which. Which, I mean, makes sense. I mean, if you're having Poole take control more of that second unit, I think that's very positive for you because I think scoring will be taken care of by your other guys. So you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. I do wonder, is like, I don't know what Steven Adams' role is in this series. Um, so I, I'm curious. We'll have to see because he's he's alive. I, <laughs> like, they just took him out. He, he, wasn't, he didn't have a part in last series because of the defensive approach. I mean, I think, like, I think if you see, like, Looney get big minutes. I think we'll see Stephen yeah, Adams probably, there because Looney seems up, but... like the, that. That's that's. I mean, that's like I feel like. But if you see more Draymond getting those minutes, I mean, Stephen Adams. Yes, he's bigger than Draymond, but that means they have a smaller lineup out there, which means he's gonna have to. Pro- he's probably gonna get switched to some really bad matchups. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I don't. I don't want Stephen Adams to have to like. Even with a loony one, I don't love that either because you're gonna like, you're you're just gonna get. Um, I mean. Yeah, you're gonna have those um, X cuts, and you're gonna. It's just gonna screen for um, uh, Steph on the perimeter. It's gonna be a problem. It's gonna be a problem. So, uh, yeah, I I got. So what you got? What you got though? I got Grizzlies seven. Grizzlies seven. Ooh, I'm I'm doing it. I, I gotta do it. Gotta do it for my boy. Doesn't bang. I got I got 
I got Warriors in seven on uh, this one. Well, fair enough. I Ethan, um, I don't think uh, is he's he's got this as Warriors in five, so he he thinks this is really easy. Um, and I think that's a general sentiment. I think I'm on the minority. And again, this one and the Bucks one, it's like I want those. I want the Grizzlies and I want the Bucks to win, uh, even if it's probably a bad decision. So we'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right, Alkin. Uh, All right, there, there is basketball to be watched, and so finally, so uh, let's, let's go and do it. Let's go and do it.